know what time it is. You're listening to Nostalgia Be Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Nas. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Fuck me. You're listening to Nostalgia (laughs) Be Damned, the show where we take a look at some of your favorite movies that you're nostalgic about, and we watch them objectively without the rose-colored glasses and let you know, are these movies any good? This week, we watch 2001's action thriller, The Fast and The Furious. Did we fucking ever. I overpronounced it because I want to let you know which one it is because this as a series is confusedly titled. Yes, it is. Zach, what's your deal with this entire series? Have you seen many of these? Did you see this one? Brandon, I'm going to I'm going to start off this episode with a retraction because last week or whenever we did our last show, it's tough to keep the days straight in my head. That's kind of we usually go week by week, dude. It's a thing. I don't know what's happening anymore. I think last time we were on the show, I said that I had seen half of this movie. I'm going to retract that and say, I think I've seen one scene from this movie. I don't think I'd ever seen The Fast and the Furious. And to follow that up, I don't think I've ever seen any Fast and Furious movie following this one. Dude, we just lost half our audience. Everyone is infuriated. I mean, you've seen it, though. Well, yes. No, I have seen the Fast and the Furious uh, franchise. Actually, all eight of them at this point. This is We are recording this in March of 2019 before the release of Hobbs and Shaw, which I think is set for a release in August. Which is a spinoff, right? Which is indeed a spinoff. Just those two characters whom, now that you've seen this first film, can now attest. They're not mentioned at all. They have nothing to do with this series uh, up at this point. I waited an hour and 45 minutes for The Rock to show up. <laughs> Uh, little did I know the rock's not in this movie. <laughs> no, dude. He was busy doing the mummy returns at this time. Scorpion King oh, in it, dude. Fuck. That's right. Well, that's a shame because I was like, I was legitimately watching this. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like it, but at least I'll get to see the rock do something cool. No, sir. I can't, beli- I can't believe you went, the, what, the, the 20 years almost, 18 years, whatever it is, since the release of this movie, thinking The Rock was in it? I mean, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I would never, I've never given this entire franchise any thought other than when I see the trailers for them and the world freaks out, I kind of watch it and I'm like, I okay, like, you know, that's a thing that, like, everybody else can have, and I don't necessarily feel like I've missed out not having seen the franchise. Do my opinions change after watching the first one? Stay tuned. This is a franchise that has some of the most devout fans. We're talking Boondock Saints level fans. Oh my god, yeah. And honestly, no they probably cross. I bet the same people like both both movies. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like we got a lot of Boondock Saints fans in the Fast and Furious parties. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and agree with me, or not, I don't care. Uh, Troy Duffy not directing this movie is uh, very shocking. I can't believe he was not handed the, the reins to this franchise at any point. Well, had he had a career after Boondock Saints, I think maybe he would have been in the running. But instead, they got this guy, Rob Cohen, who directed 
Dragonheart, okay, in case you remember oh, that yep. one. Oh, then okay. he followed that up with The Skulls, which also had Paul Walker, I think was one of his first roles. I Okay. After that movie, he did this one. Then he got on the Vin Diesel train with Triple X, possible Stay Tuned. Nope. <laughs> then he did Stealth. Do you remember that one? The one about the smart airplane that was like trying to kill Jamie Foxx? What? No. I've never heard of that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, man. Jessica Biel's in it. It's ridiculous. The guy in Prison Break, I think, voices this smart jet or something that uh, is set to kill. Look it up. It's not good. Wait, so it's like Kit, but it's a an airplane? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was on the, you know, the cutting edge of that stuff. This was back in the early 2000s when they were throwing anything into cinemas. So Netflix. <laughs> Dude, if if Stealth was made today, yes, it would be a Netflix original, guaranteed. <laughs> uh, then he followed that up with The Mummy. Three, the worst in the franchise, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. No Rachel Weiss, dude. Get out of here. And that's coming from a mummy head. That is coming from the biggest mummy head. First two, man, ride or die. First one, I mean, for sure. Check out our episode. You'll you'll find my love there. Then he also did that Tyler Perry, Alex Cross movie that I never saw. Oh, I, yeah, that's bad. I've seen that. Then the boy next door, the Jennifer Lopez has sex with that guy who lives next door. You know that movie? Nope. Well, he did it, and he also most recently finished Hurricane Heist, which says it all right there in the title. Jesus Christ, what a... And this guy, are you trying to tell me he's got no Oscars? (laughs) Blew my mind, too. This was nominated for a bunch of kind of uh, weird awards and did win a few that I'm not worth mentioning. A Razzie? But... um, no, no Razzies, dude. No Razzie. Fairly, honestly, wow. not really critically reviled at all. It kind of just had a mixed response. It's got a 6.8 on IMDb and a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, so kind of right there in the middle. It cost $38 million to make. It earned $144 million in the U.S. and $207 million worldwide. Now, regardless, Zach, of what you may have thought of the series before kind of dipping your toe in with this first installment, were you aware of just how successful this series is? Oh, of course. I This... It, you know, we've got a real mountain to climb with this, and I fe- I'm feeling like... I like even though nobody's reached out to us about it, I feel personally attacked for not having seen this movie. I I do understand that this has such a massive draw. People freak out anytime they drop a new trailer for this franchise. I had a roommate back in college who was part of a like, you know, car mechanic degree. I don't know what that auto mechanic degree that they had there and like they would plan like class field trips to go out and see the new Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, I grew up in rural Maine, and they are huge yeah. into oh, vehicles God. and vehicle modification and all this stuff. And they, my my friend group, everyone around me, fucking loved this series. And mm-hmm. you know, in high school, it was two thousand one when this came out, so I was still in middle school. So I saw this first one when it came out on VHS, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun little race movie because. Again, when we look at the scope of what this series has become, this movie is about fucking people hijacking trucks, stealing VCRs and DVD players. It turns in to James Bond spy level nuclear weapons shit. I've seen like the trailers and I've heard synopsis of some of these follow up movies. And I I can honestly say after having watched that first movie for the first time, I cannot fathom how this movie goes from chasing down like low level crime syndicate who, you know, stealing VCRs to like the rock punching a fucking torpedo. Like what happens? (laughs) 
Yeah, man, they just got bigger and crazier and as a as a I guess a casual fan of the first movie. Again, it was one that like I'd pop in every once in a while. My friends definitely enjoyed it more than me. But Getting into these later sequels, like the second and third one, I didn't really care for it much. And by the fifth one, they really kind of did this Ocean's Eleven meets superhero craziness. Like, everyone just became a superhero, and it was all about bringing this team of, you know, a big giant cast. That's when they added The Rock, and they brought back all these other characters, because some characters had left from previous installments. The whole band was back together, and at that point... You know, they really, I think, kicked into gear. They realized how dumb... Because this one, this movie, takes itself so seriously. And by the... Oh, it's so (laughs) self-serious. By the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, I think they've gotten... The filmmakers, at least... Vin Diesel hasn't caught on yet. But the filmmakers, (laughs) at least, know this is ridiculous. Let's just have fun with it. It becomes cheesy, ridiculous kind of popcorn nonsense. But they're not great movies. The fans of this series, I think, are just way too rabid and and, and will attack people for not enjoying them, uh, thinking that, oh, you can't just turn your brain off at the cinema and all this stuff. Like, you got to realize that these are these are crazy movies. And um, we're going to really get into what we feel about this first one anyway, regardless of the how crazy they get. The question posed by the end of this podcast will be, is this original movie, this original movie, do you think if we had gone back into the past, saw this original movie, walked out of the movie theater, looked at each other and said they should make eight more of these? That will be the question posed at the end of this podcast. I'm also going to ask you if you're ever going to watch another one, um, if you're going to pop in the second one after you know we're done recording. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that towards the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing it. Oh, boy. So this first one, like I said, made a pretty good chunk of change at the box office. It finished 14th for the year of 2001. Now... In terms of its lengthy franchise history, it's the sixth highest grossing film in the eight, soon to be nine, chapter series. That's domestically, anyway. So, Too Fast, Too Furious wound up hitting theaters just two years after this in 2003. That one did not star The Rock. He, at that point, thought he'd become too big. He had pitch black. He was going into triple X. And he thought that uh, he didn't really want to do any more series. Wait, who did I say? You said The Rock. Oh, did I? Shit. Yeah, I meant Vin Diesel. even I want The Rock in Too Fast If You. That's you know what? That I'll say it right now. Biggest criticism criticism of this first movie. No Rock. <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. My apologies. Yeah, Vin didn't want to make. He didn't want to get pigeonholed into these series. You know, which is funny where he is now. But anyway. Yeah. He he then returned, I guess, in a cameo at the end of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, which was in 2006. That one had the little kid from Sling Blade. Is that a spinoff or is that a uh? number three that one does not have paul walker it's technically the third in the series however they wind up killing off a specific character in that movie that is then later introduced i believe again in number five because five and i think six actually take place before number three jesus fucking christ man what the hell i I don't get it by the way if you want to try and keep up with our madness it's worth noting that i've seen at least the first three of this franchise on netflix oh yeah buddy they uh they got on that thank god they got that license you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so after the disappointing box office haul of tokyo drift that one wound up earning the least amount only 62 million here stateside the series took a break for a couple years until fast and furious that's right it's just called Fast and Furious. They took the thuds out. That one hit theaters in 2009. They added The Rock in the fifth installment, which was released in 2011. Then Fast and Furious 6 came out in 2013. 
Furious 7 hit theaters in 2015, which holds the record for the highest grossing in the series domestically at $353 million. And uh, in 2017, The Fate of the Furious hit theaters. That one had Jason Statham. I believe he comes into the series in the 7th. I, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of, like, stopped listening to you for, for a minute. Yeah, I tuned out to myself, honestly, but, but the bottom line is, is you can genuinely talk about this series in terms of box office gross and compare it to Star Wars and Harry Potter and James Bond and Jurassic Park, all of them, because it has earned over $5.2 billion at the worldwide box office, and that's not including the forthcoming... Hobson Shaw. Oh my God! And w- correct me if I'm wrong. Don't they have like ten of these planned? I well, they were talking. I think this and Transformers didn't they plan out like a shit ton of movie ideas that like we could go into seventeen different directions. Let's just keep planning them all. As far as I know, I believe they have ten Fast and Furious movies. They want to make it a ten series and then do these spinoffs as well. So yeah, I think there there will be a Fast and Furious ten, and maybe that'll be the end of that timeline. I don't know. I mean, okay, man. Uh, <laughs> wow. They're building toward a real end game here, dude. Yeah, no kidding. You know, a few little tidbits here. Natalie Portman, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Kirsten Dunst, and Jessica Biel auditioned for the role of Mia. Uh, that eventually went to Jordana Brewster, who did, who is in, I think, at least the first, like, seven of these, or at least the seven that her characters in. I think she's not in two or three, but she's in one, four, five, six, whatever. Um, but I guess the role was originally written for Eliza Dushku. Remember the dish? No. Ah, oh, dude, from Wrong Turn, and she's in that show Dollhouse, I think it was. She turned it down. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I do. Oh, wow. Bummer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, this stars Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. However, the originally the studio told the producers they would only greenlight the film if they could get Timothy Oliphant to, role, to play the role of Dom Toretto. Could you imagine Tim Oliphant in this role? Justifieds Tim Oliphant? I mean, I guess, I guess I could because I've only ever seen this one. But uh, speaking for all Fast and Furious fans who have seen all 12 of these movies, no, dude, I can't. <laughs> I could see him in the Brian role in the in the Paul Walker role. Yeah, I could see that. I I'll get I'll get into Paul Walker. Don't you worry about that. Did you ever see that movie Joyride with Paul Walker? Uh no, I don't think I did. I like again, I I really haven't seen a lot of Paul Walker. You know, we'll get into which movie. I think he's always better when his hair's cut short, but uh, that's one of the few long-haired Walker movies that I get into. Anyway, I bring it up cuz Ted Levine, B- Buffalo Bill, plays his kind of superior in this. He's the villain in that movie and I love his voice all day every day. I could have my vo- my uh, life narrated by that man. I do love Ted Levine. I'm just saying that after watching Paul Walker on screen for about 20 minutes, Ted Levine was a very nice surprise. Rev your engines, dude. Let's do it. Vroom, vroom. (laughs) (sighs) That was gross. Uh, We open on, what, the docks of Los Angeles. And uh, there's this tractor trail truck getting loaded up with uh, some state-of-the-art VCR DVD combo players. This, I like, (laughs) right off the bat, I want to throw up. (laughs) Just like, first of all, uh, the the advertising in this movie is not subtle. You can think you're being subtle, but I see Panasonic plastered in a million different places in this first shot. You ain't slick, movie. Second of all, ooh, DVD, VCR, co- like this is what the police <laughs> were chasing after. They had to have a high operation sting because people are nabbing 
VCR DVD combos. Dude, that's what's crazy about this is I remembered again. I, I, I it doesn't age. <laughs> oh, yeah, what? it does not age well. No, it really ages well. And I really thought they were into. I thought there was some drugs or something that they were moving, but no. The seediest things that they're really moving is just home theater equipment. <laughs> I like it. It's literally like whoever wrote this movie is very clearly like into the Sopranos. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, they wrote this movie like, oh, what if The Sopranos was, like, high octane? <laughs> I think whoever Ooh. wrote this movie also saw Point Break a few too many times. Cause <laughs> oh, my God, did they ever. So there's these three cars. You know, you can tell that they're seedy because they got, you know, green neon lights blasting under the chassis, brah. They're Honda Civics, dude. Guess who also drives a Honda Civic? You? Yeah, yours truly. I drive oh. a Honda Civic. Wow, so I guess dude. I'm basically uh, a person in Fast and Furious. You're welcome. Have you driven anywhere since watching the film? Because watch your speedometer there, dude. You're going to be, yeah, you're going to be pedal to the metal. Let me tell you something. Uh, I can't wait to go five miles per hour above the speed limit. <laughs> you Fast and Furious motherfucker. Yeah, I know. Don't have any NOS, though. <sighs> Man, NOS is falling off of trees in this movie. Everyone's got NOS. Dude, I didn't even know they made NOS energy drinks at that point. Why are they putting it in their car? <laughs> I was going to ask, have you ever tried that energy drink? I did try it once. It's fucking gross. Oh, dude, it's delicious. I could feel my stomach lining burning. You and I, since the day we've met, have disagreed on uh, energy drinks. Oh, yeah. No, my body is riddled with uh, the poisons of whatever's inside those vicious, vicious cans. And I barely ever drink caffeine wow okay uh what is this a dick measuring contest do you want a pat on the back do you want a hug yeah actually i kind of do i've had a rough week <sighs> in our relationship who would be vin diesel and who's paul walker oh come on don't make me do this but i'm vin diesel is it because of my hair that I'm Paul Walker? No, you're Paul Walker for a million other reasons, mostly because you cannot read. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come on. But that's why you're Paul Walker. Rest in yeah, peace. Rest Come in peace. on. Well, this is a pretty high-octane scene, and I will say there are a few banger action uh, chases in this. This opening one's pretty badass. I like it a lot. There's, like, the three cars swerving around the truck, and for the most part, a lot of it is uh, practical at this point. They'll get into some CG windshield <laughs> Will they ever? That is fucking <laughs> horrendous, but I will say the stunts are pretty cool. Yeah, right off the bat, I'm going to say when they decide to drive in this movie, which sometimes takes a while, but when they do decide to drive in this movie... Uh, you know, it's pretty cool. There's a couple of interesting uh, stunts that are performed, although I did remember seeing the ramp in several scenes when they do jumps in this movie. Oh, yeah. I also saw some camera crew shadows in, in, yeah. in some like, tr driving shots as well. Yeah. But yeah. It's, they wind up harpooning out the windshield of the, the truck and climbing their way in. This truck driver, by the way, I, I would be doing a million things, probably slowing down. I don't know. That might be one of my things. I'd try to slow down or jerk. These guys maintain the same level of speed as a harpoons coming through their windshield and a guy is climbing onto the front of their truck. Ugh. And for anybody who's going to make that argument, but they had a car behind them, you hit the brakes and kill those people behind you. Like, just do it. Dude, they'd be at fault. If they're following, you know, they're, they're tailing you, dude. Yeah, and everything in that truck is insured. Like, just kill those guys. 
Oh, for sure they've got the insurance on those VCR DVD combos, dude. Those sweet, sweet combos. Those priceless commodities. Come on, dude. Those timeless <laughs> pieces of machinery. Ugh. Ugh. Then we cut to our boy Paul Walker. He's, uh, I remember this green fucking matchbox car I saw everywhere. This this movie, let's face it, inspired a generation of drivers I don't want on the road. No, and like honestly, I, I will say this. I mentioned my roommate who was a, a mechanic in college. Uh, that's what like half of this movie is made for. It is made for car people. Oh, absolutely <laughs> like, car people, yeah. If you're not a car person, there is a lot of this movie that i like you might not appreciate however i will say the car stuff is by far the most interesting and best stuff of the movie it's when they get into the soap opera melodrama that i'm like oh shit here we go back to this stuff like again i may not understand what they're actually talking about half the time when they go into the specifics of car mechanic and parts and all this stuff but like i can appreciate you know the machinery the automobiles the car chases the stunts all that stuff but when it gets into Paul Walker wooing Jordana Brewster. I'm uh, I'm checking my phone. You know what this movie reminds me of? It's kind of that scene in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're talking about, okay, he goes out, he fights crime, he comes back, and he penetrates the girl. Like, they go back and forth on that. This movie is more or less they go out, they do a little street racing, they come back, they work on their cars, go out, get laid, come back, do a little work on their cars, go out, get laid, <laughs> come back, do a little work on their car. Like, back and forth on that shit. And everyone is dripping in sweat. Oh, my God. God, this is the greasiest cast I've ever seen. It really is. Paul Walker, we'll, and we're going to parcel out, you know, his backstory for those who may not know the the twisted history of Brian. What is his actual name? Now I got to know because I know he's in every movie and I just want to know his name. Hang Campbell? On. I don't know. It's Brian O'Connor. How could I forget that? Son of a bitch. That Irish bastard. <sighs> Yeah, so we're going to parcel out his story over time because so do the filmmakers. I really thought that from the get-go you knew what he really was up to or what was going on, but you don't find that out until I'd say like 45 minutes into this movie. Brandon, I'm not going to lie. Having not seen this movie, I can tell you that was a legitimate twist for <laughs> That's me. That's what I thought. I, I, I literally like, like <laughs> I turned a corner and paused the movie. I was like, wait, he's a cop? <laughs> like <laughs> See, there's beautiful things about never having seen these movies is that I was genuinely shocked when Paul Walker turned out to be a detective. Well, because nothing, nothing about this guy screams detective. No. Why? Like, why? I don't get it. I don't get it. Go ahead. So he's just, yeah, doing cookies and there's a whole bunch of fast-paced editing of him shifting and shifting gears and spinning out and all this shit. And for some reason, he's just shouting at his car, I think because he just, he tops out at 140 or something. Either way. I gotta go faster. Yeah, he's, he's basically Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. We cut to Toretto's Cafe, and it is this disgusting-looking diner. Again, everyone is sweaty, and apparently, according to Jordana Brewster's dialogue, who is Mia, who is Vin Diesel's sister he's dominic toretto you'll never forget that because they say dom quite a bit in this movie but according to her dialogue she says every day for the last three weeks you've been coming to toretto's cafe asking for tuna no crust you fucking pussy <laughs> that eat, means eat your so, crust <laughs> so if he we already know he's a cop right so for the past three weeks like what, no i didn't know this no, okay, no i'm saying we know now looking at this movie what has he been doing for the past three weeks? He's, he keeps coming here doing the same thing. Never asked her out or never talked to anyone else in here. Let, let's get into it right now. He's bad at his job. 
Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to, all right, he goes in there the first time, he's supposed to case the joint, maybe make a connection. It takes him three weeks of just eating tuna fish <laughs> sandwiches no crust. without the crust. We're not even talking sporadically. Yeah, not even sporadically. He goes every day. No, every day. <laughs> For a month, the mercury in this guy's system, for what? And just as he's about to enjoy this, you know, sweaty, most definitely spoiled tuna, let's be real. Uh, so Some more cars roll up. This is music video style. Let's say a lot of this movie is edited and shot like a music video. And the soundtrack, holy shit. Oh my god. I this I mean the whole idea of like the underground world of LA street lace racing like I get it like there is a street racing underbelly but like this is like a commune. There's so many fucking people in this. There's so many people and they are so efficient at shutting down Los Angeles traffic. Like shutting down entire streets for their hobby. Uh, we're closing down uh, 17 blocks of downtown L.A. so we can illegally street race. They prey on homicides. They, like, wait till the police are busy, like, investigating someone getting killed. And then they're like, all right, let's do it. Eventually, someone's nightcrawling that. And they're like, we have no crimes tonight, guys. We have to start some. And that's the movie I want to see. Nightcrawler, dude. Also Los Angeles-based. Mm-hmm. So we're introduced to, you know, the, the Dom Toretto gang. There's Vince, Leon, Jesse, and Letty. Now, Letty, that's Michelle Rodriguez. She's in most of these movies, uh, and she is Dom's girlfriend. Vince is, you know, a perfect portrait of toxic masculinity. <laughs> this guy is the worst. Oh, my God, yeah. He starts a fight with Brian set to watch your, watch your, watch your back, watch your back, as he's just, there's a lot of tackling into vehicles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, this is a messy fight scene. You can barely tell what's going on. According to the IMDb uh, trivia, they rehearsed it, rehearsed it, rehearsed it, and then got to set and said, you know what? We just got to do what feels right. And I guess they all kind of improv that fight on set, man. It's brutal. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, the guy who wrote this wrote Training Day, uh, David Ayer. I Training Day has some of the best punch sound effects I've ever heard in a movie. When when Denzel Washington's beating or when Ethan Hawke's punching Denzel Washington in the face after he's crashed the car at the end of that movie, it's some of the best. These punch sound effects cuz everyone does like the hold their fist in the air before they punch. Yeah. Dude. This looks like the grossest version of LA possible. Like everything in this movie just looks fucking dirty. Smelly, smelly, smelly. So, you know, they got to have Dom, who hasn't said a word pretty much up until this point. You know, uh, he's got to break it up because he's the ringleader. It's Vin Diesel. This is really, this came out, I think, the year after Pitch Black. Pitch Black was right around this, which I think was kind of his introduction to mainstream audiences anyway. And I got to say, I think in most of these movies, he, he goes kind of really over the top. This one, he's he's not bad. I'll, I'll say he's kind of like, okay, is this character. I don't mind his performance here. He's pretty good. I know he's capable of good performances. You're right. He's not bad in this movie. He's also a sniper in Saving Private Ryan, and he's really good in that movie. Oh, shit. That's right. That was before this, too. But yeah, he is in that movie. I like the movie Knock Around Guys, which not a lot of people talk about. He's definitely got some stinkers in his career, but, but I would say he's capable of a good performance. The Chronicles of Riddick, dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, I never saw that last one, by the way, Riddick. Did you ever see that? Fuck no, I didn't go see Riddick. What are Whoa. you talking about, Brandon? Okay. I'm sorry, you own the glasses. You own the Riddick glasses. I thought. Well, just that's because... because I love Pitch Black and the Chronicles <laughs> of Riddick. <laughs> 
So he goes out, you know, breaks up this street tussle, and he asks for Brian. He's like, what's your name? He's like, Brian Earl Spilner. He's like, that sounds like a serial killer's name. Is that what you are? A serial killer? I guess they're angry because Brian has a crush on Mia and has been coming here for the last three weeks to keep, I guess, slowly getting information out of her. Um, but they don't know he's a cop at this point, so really they're just pissed because he's been nice to his sister and bought a bunch of tuna sandwiches. <laughs> I was going to say they're mad at him for uh, contributing to their small business, <laughs> understandably. <laughs> like, I don't know if I want Paul Walker coming to my fucking sandwich joint. Dude, he's sexy as up the place. You got a cool blonde-haired surfer bro eating a tuna sandwich? More people come in. That's how you build a business. No, that's the point. He makes me look like shit. I want him out. <laughs> Touche. Well, he's like, who do you work for, Harry? He's like, yeah, I just got hired. No, you just got fired. What we don't know is Dom pretty much runs L.A. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Everyone fears him. But most importantly, everyone respects him. Yeah, I like I, I don't know what he's supposed to be. And like, obviously, he's big in the underground driving world. But like, what else does he get? that everybody's like oh man he's that's fucking dumb he's cool dude i think he's also kind of just the padre of his neighborhood everyone comes over to his house you know everyone loves him everyone is just fucking enamored by him even harry the guy brian i guess also works for now i do want to ask this do the police know that he's working for harry or did he get a side gig on this like he works for a guy who sells auto parts <laughs> but but i guess dom is so good at street racing racing he makes business for this guy this auto parts sales because whenever he races all the kids have to have what dom has because they want to be just like him let's let's push this plot along a little bit because we've got so much movie left yes we do but brian demands some nos we kick off to the next scene with a little limp biscuit rolling 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 and then within this scene, it shifts to Ja Rule music, and then you see Ja Rule. He just walks up. And then you see Ja Rule. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that had me shaking a little bit. I, I was not expecting to see Ja Rule. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I need a Ja Rule, but I'm not going to like <laughs> say, like, all right, I'm not going to wish that Ja Rule wasn't in this movie, but at the same time, like, I didn't need him. You know, they put rappers in all of these because Ludacris comes in the second one. I think Lil Bow Wow's in the third one. Of course he is. And Ludacris isn't in just one. I think he's he's now a staple member. So he's been at least four or five of these things. Yeah. What about LL Cool J? Is he in any of them? He's not in any of them. What? And that's a missed opportunity this right is there. A, yeah. This is a ripe LL Cool J movie. What are, you, what are we doing? What a real travesty. But we do get our boy Noel Guglielmi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but you will recognize his face because we last saw him as a hood rat that gets a monkey stuffed up his butt in Bruce Almighty. <laughs> he's back as Hector, man. Yeah, I know. He's, oh, that's right. He's Hector in like everything. <laughs> oh, that poor I miss guy. this guy. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, it's been gosh. a while. Um, I actually didn't hate him in this, though. I thought he was fine. When do you hate that guy? He's always a well, he's always a sight for sore eyes. I, yeah, good point. But <laughs> Ja Rule comes in with some sage words of advice, by the way. He's like, it's not how you stand next to your car. It's how you race your car. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Everyone's already angry that Brian's there. I think it's because he's white, because everyone's like, look at this snowflake, white boy, all this stuff. I think they just don't want him in. The it's, it's probably because his car is lime green. Ugh, yeah, and it looks like a goddamn Hot Wheels. Yeah, it looks like a four-year-old designed his car. 
I loved it though when I was a kid. I was like, "That's the car I'm gonna buy when I yeah, grow exactly. up." Yeah, exactly. When you were a kid, yeah. <laughs> come on, you wouldn't drive this around, man. You'd get high fives and all over the place. Everyone's like, "I love they're gushing over this car and stuff." But if you actually saw someone driving around in this, ugh. let me tell you something, Brian. You're gonna get tickets in that car. <laughs> The cops are going to pull you over for nothing. You know what? The cops in this L.A. don't really care too much about street racing. And honestly, they're pretty shitty at their job, too. So they're not going to catch you. Yeah, the cops are bad. These are bad movie cops. Brian wants into this race because, again, Dominic Toretto, he rolls up and everyone, everyone is hard or wet. Well, they're all wet because it's really hot in this movie. But it, they like a lot of them are hard too <laughs> so brian wants in on this race he wants the money and he wants the respect it's two thousand dollars to buy in winner takes all brian doesn't have the cash but he puts his pink slip for the car <laughs> i like they, they all laugh at him and i kind of did too like for the respect uh get away from me and they pop the hood and everything they know that he's souped this up and there's a bunch of nos in there but dominic toretto ain't faced by any of that shit because he's dom dude he's dom so they they wait until the police are investigating a homicide uh you know putting taxpayer money to use and then they close off half of la <laughs> yeah. they're just telling people who drive by find another route the pizza guy is pissed by the way that's rob cohen but uh, he's so pissed off and this must happen so often that he's like goddamn street racers <laughs> Dude, they bring out, like, an entire freaking community of street racers. There's, like, hundreds of these people. You're telling me not a single cop caught on? What the fuck is going on? This woman comes up to Ja Rule and places his hand on her tits, and she's like, whether you win or not, this is yours, but if you do win, you also get her. And then as he drives off, like, his his chant is, Menage! <laughs> That was, yeah, that was fine. I laughed. I laughed. It was dumb. This movie, I can't tell if it's homoerotic or overly masculine because, like, because it's just like every woman in this is scantily clad and, like, making out with each other and being, like, super sexy and provocative. It's like, it's, it almost feels like compensating. I'll just say it. This is Top Gun. The screenwriters of this movie, you know, were in a locker room just chilling with their bros one day. And one of them was like, dude, don't be gay. And they were like, what, dude? I'm not gay. Check out this script I'm going to write. And yeah. Then, yeah. They... Check out the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> That's definitely Because <laughs> even the way that these guys like look at each other and they hold each other's gazes. The Dom's sister character. Um, it's I Mia, Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster's character, Mia. Uh, that feels almost thrown in They're like, because like the way that Paul Walker and Vin Diesel look at each other on occasion, it's almost like the director was like, wait a second, this is gay. This is gay. This is gay. We got to get a female in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, it feels tacked on. I bet there's some sick slash fiction out there about these two. Well, American Dad made a joke about it where they find like in an unreleased script <laughs> right. of fast and furious <laughs> and like the entire thing is them making out and then they hand it to a movie producer and they're like oh yeah they've always been gay we just edited it out <laughs> <laughs> oh it's fantastic but this is the part in the movie where we get into some horrific cgi because every single time they they engage oh the my NOS, god i couldn't believe this i almost turned it off and like 
told you, Brandon, we're just not doing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Find something else. <laughs> I'm so mad. It is pretty. It's, it's a driving movie. <laughs> it, just show them driving. Yeah, no, instead it's got to go in through the exhaust and watch the pistons and watch the, the gas, the injectors, the NOS all flow through. It looks ridiculous. It's insane. Well, and then they go into hyperspeed and like the fucking stars start to shoot past <laughs> their car windows. It looks so this dumb. It does look really, really it's, bad. It's awful. Um, what else is there to say? They race. Paul Walker like doesn't listen to his fucking computer or whatever. Like <laughs> his computer that's delivering the most distracting graphics. Yeah, impossible. like it, it's like playing a video game. It it basically tells him you're gonna ruin the car, and he's like, "Shut up, computer!" And he turns off that fucking nerd <laughs> computer. These guys definitely bash some nerds in their day too. Oh, for sure. But anyway, uh, of course he loses the race to Dom because Dom's got the biggest dick on the block. Yeah, Brian spins out. I thought his car was destroyed because there's smoke from underneath the chassis and underneath the hood. And you hear like a bunch of like (laughs) washers come off. All this stuff happens to his car. I thought it was destroyed because, again, he bet the thing. So as they're all like, he comes out smiling and he's like, what the fuck are you smiling for? He's like, dude, I almost had you. You almost had me. Again, you could edit this entire scene with just some like Celine Dion under it, and you've created a beautiful love story. This movie, by the way, is about 20 minutes too long. There is a lot of ridiculous, cuttable nonsense in this movie. <laughs> Dude, I almost had you. Paul Walker, I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Paul Walker's terrible in this. Listen, all right. Paul Walker has been good in some movies, all right? I am a big fan of Joyride. I like Eight Below. Running Scared is pretty badass. I like that movie a lot. But yeah, this one, he gets, I will say he gets a lot better. And I will even admit to being really emotional at the end of like Furious 7 when they do pay tribute to him as an actor who left. Like it's a real great way they send him off uh, as he was killed during the production of that movie. I don't know how they pulled it off. There's a lot of CGI that's kind of strange, but it's a fitting send off to his to his character. You know what? That's great. He's bad in this movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree. He, he is not very good in this movie. And the fact that he's Vin Diesel's acting circles around him, that says a lot. The cops, they're done with their murder, I guess. And uh, suddenly, like the int- like half the LAPD is out on this street, and they do this fucking scramble. I'm imp- I'll admit to being impressed. It must have taken a lot of coordination to get this fucking shot off the ground of all these people just running. Yeah, and all in different directions, cars moving too. It's like a high school movie party. Everyone just scatters at the yeah. at the sound of cops. So what I what kept questioning because then there's this whole chase between the whole the cop the cops are chasing different race cars down. Which by the way, I'd imagine they wouldn't be too hard to find. They're the ones in the green neon fucking like, the most obnoxious cars around. But and there's no other vehicles on the streets of Los Angeles when they break this up. There's like <laughs> I don't know what time of this must be at like two three a.m. four a.m. I I live in in Los Angeles and I'll tell you it takes fucking hours to get across town I don't know what these people are doing I know where are they finding the place to do this well you know the population really has increased since 2001 and it's a problem it's an epidemic Dom ditches his car he leaves on foot, but he's spotted by the police, so he makes a break for it. But luckily, Brian swoops in to save the day. He picks up Dom, and he also earns a bit of his respect because he was the one and only guy who stayed and like watched out for him. He, he watched out for his bro. So they're talking and they're saying a bunch of shit. You know, basically starting off their relationship, getting to know each other. Uh, right before they're about to kiss, uh, a bunch of guys in motorcycles and guns come up, and they tell him to follow them, take them to a. China 
Chinese garage or I, I have no idea what's going <laughs> Dude, on. This this made me laugh out loud. So, yeah, they're chatting about, you know, they both done time in the pen. Yeah, well, Paul Walker's character did time in juvie or whatever. Then Johnny Tran's gang, the villain of this movie, Johnny Tran, who, have, who I think has also played the villain in Olympus Has Fallen. I've seen this actor a couple times. His name's Rick Yoon. His gang, motorcycle gang comes, takes them. I think it's either to a, I can't tell. Is it a cemetery or the garage? Wherever they are. Uh, he, he tells them He tells them to get out of the car. They, they have like a quick conversation. And then he fucking shoots up the car and then just drives off and leaves. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, what? What was the point of all of this? It's like, just to show us that, like, they're bad guys. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. The scene's literally for him to introduce himself to Brian, basically, like, "Hey, I'm the bad guy of the movie. Remember me?" Because, like, where did he come from? Do they come back in in like the the next ones at all, or the Johnny Tran gang, dude? No, I don't think so. Not from what I remember. What? You don't even get. I don't think so. Jesus fucking Christ, my God! This is what's hilarious because he even asks, and Brian asks, "What the hell was that about?" And Vin Diesel goes, "Long story. I'll tell you later." That's when John Tra- Johnny Tran circles back and shoots up the car. Because beforehand, I'm like, that scene really made no sense. At least after he shoots the car, it's like, okay, they needed a scene for you know him to shoot up the car, so that's why they made it. Okay, then immediately it cuts from that scene to him asking the exact same question, and he asks, yes. "What the hell was that about?" And then Don goes, "It's a long story. I'll tell you about it later." And he's like, "Well, if you've got like 20 miles, this is the long story." He's like, "Business deal went south. Plus, I slept with his sister." And that's it. <laughs> oh wow! So that was not a long story at all. You could have just told me that earlier. So then. Back at Dom's, there's this huge-ass house party. Everyone's drinking and smoking, playing PS2. I like that. There's some lesbians making out in the corner. Classic 2001 movie. No, this movie's not gay. You're gay. <laughs> We've got lesbians making out in the corner, dude. Shut up. we got lesbians making out, dude. You're not gay. I'm- what are you talking? What's toxic masculine? Get out of here. They also dropped the F word in this Oof, like, yeah, very heavily do. in the beginning. Hardcore I forgot about F-bomb. that. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not talking about fuck because we're okay saying fuck. We are indeed, yeah. Mia, you know, we've been led to believe she's kind of got a little bit of a thing here for Brian. Now they start to flirt and stuff because I guess there's been relationships Vince wants in, uh, but Dom, you know, is very protective of his sister, so his crew is all, you know, we're not going to touch her because... You know, that's not part of the deal. So the next day, he's pulled over, put in handcuffs by Buffalo Bill himself, which would terrify me. Turns out, he they bring him back to the station, and they just reveal in this very, like, very trite dialogue, he's under fucking cover. He's trying to make detective. I was so fucking confused. I paused the movie and, like, looked up the plot on Wikipedia, because I was like, did we know he was a cop? Was I not paying attention for the first half hour of this film? He's a cop. No, man. It's it's a real twist halfway through, shocking people. Almost like he was dead the entire movie. It, like, dun-dun-dun, really? Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, it threw me through a loop. So the police have been searching for a street racing gang who's been knocking off tractor trailers full of some pricey electronics. So he, For some DVDs, DVDs man. <laughs> CD players, too, they mention. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. So they're basically like, get us some goddamn information. You've been, I guess, apparently doing this for at least three weeks, bare minimum. You're spending far too much time at that auto parts store. Please get us some information we can use. You have a real job. <laughs> yeah. So Brian owes Dom, you know, a 10-second car uh, because he lost it in the first race. And because he's now his best friend because he saved him from the police, he's allowed to come to his garage. He brings him an old beater, and they plan to fix it up together, making memories as bros. As lovers. I mean, bros. Bros, dude. Bros. Then Vince... 
Dude, you think they're gay? Vince arrives in a tank top, which has a mesh tank top over it. I was going to say, it's a mesh tank top, too. (laughs) There's nothing straighter and cooler than that, dude, so shut up! Yeah, excuse me, I'm so sorry. He comes to the barbecue all butter that they're, like, friends now, and he's like, oh, I guess I'll just be going. So then he leaves, comes back for some more Corona, because there's Corona all over this bitch. In fact, that's a line in the movie, you can have whatever beer you want as long as it's Corona. That's a real thing that happened. Fuck you, movie. I see what you're doing. Your product placement. Panasonic, Corona, Honda. They're even there's Mitsubishi tires, Nas. It's all there. They're, they're so into cars though that even their grace is just Jesse, who I guess is like a foster child that Dom adopted somehow or whatever. He's just now his father figure. Dude, what the fuck kind of godfather shit is this movie? I don't get it. But Jesse in his grace is just thanking God for car parts. <laughs> Thank you for Nas. that's insane and they all love it they all fucking love it that this weirdo is fucking thanking god for cars oh man but vince comes back decides to join and notices brian and mia flirting she even asks brian out in front of him and is back to angry toxic masculinity fucking love vince dude vince is the best dude i'm vince yeah vince i'm vince no you're no i'm brian you're you're kind of like Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, well, I mean, she's cool. Letty's cool. Yeah, but... As long as I'm not Jesse. <laughs> yeah, but let's face it. She's in this movie for, like, eye candy. She, like, doesn't do anything in this movie. She, you know, bosses Vin Diesel around a lot. She's always yelling him about talking to other women and whatnot and telling him to go upstairs and give her massages. I, I take it back. You're Paul Walker again. Nice! All right, I'll take it. Well, later that night, Brian decides to investigate Johnny Tran's garage because he's kind of hopeful. Hopefully, you know, maybe it's this gang so I don't have to bring down my friends. Uh, But on his way out, he's knocked out by Vince and Dom and they demand an explanation. They ask, are you a fucking cop? And he never says no. He just keeps like sheepishly like not saying anything. And then he tells him this bullshit story like I was basically snooping on the race wars competition. By the way, what a poorly titled race wars <laughs> did anybody think like use their brain at all when they were writing this script like it's so like what race wars you couldn't think of anything else <sighs> but uh in so they go back inside johnny tran's garage i guess to corroborate his story but they find a shit ton of vcr and dvd combo players oh boy we think we got our guys but they also find a bunch of cars missing an engine and just then then johnny tran shows up his right hand man by the way is the guy who keeps shouting flaming dragon in tropic thunder like who's yelling oh, yeah the <laughs> yeah i was like oh, oh my shit, god yeah wow oh uh, man but yeah he winds up torturing this mechanic shoving some oil in his mouth it was kind of cool dude johnny tran at first i'm like i don't really think this guy seems too bad and later on i'll kind of even side with him for a bit of this yeah he waterboards a guy with car oil pretty badass dude but the brass is cracking down on brian they need someone to arrest right now and he even in this little like rendezvous with him and his uh his bosses he shoves a guy who's like talking about mia he's like yeah I'd jerk off to her like his surveillance photos too jesus Throws lord a, in his- heaven <laughs> if that clip is on youtube he has one of the funniest fall downs i've ever seen it seems accidental but it's a real genuine fall on the ground it's great stuff paul walker actually freaked out on this guy (laughs) yes he did but he's turning straight keanu reeves johnny utah at this point he's he's in too deep oh my god yeah he is 
<laughs> he really he's is. He's falling in love with the streetlight. He's also falling in love with Mia. And Dom, because he learns a little bit and more Dom. about Dom's past. Apparently, Dom watched his dad burn alive in a racing accident, and then he accosted the man responsible for said crash uh, with a wrench, almost beating him to death. Pretty funny, dude. It's pretty cool, and this is where we get the iconic, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, and then he says something about, for those 10 seconds, I'm not thinking about the grocery store or my family or this or that. I'm just thinking about the road, and for these 10 seconds, I'm free. What What does I live my life a quarter mile at a time mean? That's the length of the drag races that they compete in. Okay, okay. But what does that mean in terms of life? You live your life a lap at a time? I think you're looking a little too deeply at this, Brandon. I have the entire scene script uh, tattooed on my left arm since the like four, <laughs> the three hours since I've seen this movie. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's like it's he's basically just trying to say like you know racing is like all I really care about at this point. Yeah, I guess whatever. Me and Brian finally go out on a date. The moment we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I I was clamoring for this scene. I was like, when are we gonna see them going out? <laughs> they finally sleep together too. They get it on PG thirteen style, aka we don't see any of it. Yep. And then we get a phone call from his superior saying, "Hey, we're gonna hit the Tran people." Um. <laughs> that sounded weird, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're Johnny gonna, Tran's gonna take, gang. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna take. They're gonna basically bust the gang and arrest them for stealing the DVDs and hijacking all these trucks. Then we have this fucking ridiculous scene, and I call it ridiculous because it wouldn't be so bad if it was just like the police going in and busting down doors and taking the Tran gang. But we also, it's also intercut with Dom and his and his girlfriend having sex. I don't. I'm so confused. Why did like? Why was that part of it? It's all set to Marilyn Manson. The police are raiding this compound and arresting people. Yeah, and it's then crosscut with Vin Diesel grabbing Michelle Rodriguez's ass and like licking her face. And they've just, mind you, are covered in sweat and oil. Just finished tuning up the vehicle, <laughs> and they they get it on right there. It's disgusting. It is a disgusting sex scene. Granted. Yeah, they're both great-looking people, but honestly, they are dirty, <laughs> filthy. They've got car crap all over their hands. Ew, it's dude. crazy. Johnny Tran is enjoying a meal with his family. SWAT busts in. They point guns at kids, and then Johnny's dad bitch slaps him on the way out. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. crazy, man. This entire scene is crazy. It turns out the whole thing's a goddamn bust anyway, because the DVD players were purchased legally. So Brian's boss is like, you've got to give me something. We've wasted so much time and money by the way that car that you destroyed cost eighty thousand dollars uh you got 36 hours to crack the case so you better be finding a new fucking career but then his boss comes out to him in the pool and he's like you know it's dom right and it's like wait you guys knew this you've known the whole time i'm confused it was an unspoken thing dude he just knew that he was too in love with the street life and he got to get his head above water to see what's really true there's no unspoken things in fucking police undercover stings like you know or you don't <laughs> well that's the thing if they've known it's dom this entire time at any point in the movie they should have just been like hey can you look into dom <laughs> it seems like he's just submerged himself in the race life yeah he's investigating three other gangs for evidence but like apparently the superiors know enough to be like we're pretty sure it's dom like well then what are we doing what like, so, mind you, he has 36 hours to solve the case. So he leaves there, gets into the car with Dom, I guess, and then 
even on their way to lunch, they have to be assholes and race somebody. <laughs> the guy, they have to like race and prove that their dicks are bigger. And they get to lunch. I'm going to give the, the movie credit for this scene because it was at this point in the movie where I was like, you know, I haven't seen a race in like fucking 45 minutes. Like, it had been so long since anybody had driven a car, and I was okay with just, like, the driving, even if it was just to, like, show off to this L.A. dickhead. I'm positive that was also the screenwriter thinking, we haven't had a race in that long. Yeah, we gotta, <laughs> they're going to eat, they're going to eat pulled pork, pork. They're going to eat pulled pork. Have them drive really fast there. Okay, okay, great, 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 great. They're not gay, though. <laughs> Don't tell me that. Stop it. Leave me alone. <laughs> so he winds up finally confronting Dom, you know, saying, I know... You make more money than you're letting on. You can't pay for all this stuff and do all that you do. Just, you know, fixing up cars and stuff. So whatever you're in on, I want in too. And he says, guess what? If you do good at race wars, we'll talk then. So I'm thinking in the back of my head, he's got 36 hours. How is this possible? Oh, okay. Next scene, race wars. Good. I guess this is, it must be the next day because I can't give them that it's that night. (laughs) But whatever. We'll give it that it's the next day. Letty wins some cash. Jesse winds up racing Johnny Tran and bets his dad's car and then loses the race. Jesse panics and leaves. So, you know, Johnny Tran confronts Dom about being arrested and it results in this insane brawl. A race war. A race war indeed. Dom does all of this, beats the shit out of Johnny Tran just because he called him a narc. I didn't, I didn't tell a nobody. Like it, his word and his reputation means a lot to him. Dude, in the fucking world of uh, nabbing DVD players, you don't call someone a narc, okay? <laughs> well, that night, with 36 hours rapidly coming to a close, I'd imagine at this point, Brian notices Dom and the crew, you know, they're heading out. Mia seems distressed, so he confesses to her, and she, you know, is absolutely, uh, of course, upset, but ultimately agrees to help him out. He winds up calling into his superiors, they trace Dom's cell, and we get what I think's actually a pretty goddamn cool action sequence. This whole last, you know, heist bit, and I, I like to say last because this feels as though this should be the wrap of the, of the movie, but we keep going a bit longer. I did. I thought it was the conclusion of the movie too, but uh, I will say this is like everything I wanted to see out of this movie that I feel like I had to wait an hour and 20 minutes to finally get. Because this is really cool, this scene where he's hanging off the truck and he's getting shot at and... It, like the cars are crashing we this is the first car crash in the entire movie but it's impressive dude all like re- there's no cg in this entire sequence it's all great stunt work and really well shot i like this a lot i mean this is where the movie actually starts to flex some of its technical muscles and it works extremely well unfortunately you just have to wait an hour and 20 minutes to get there Vince gets, you know, attached to the truck itself. The truck driver's packing heat, so he's shooting a shotgun at him. And then Vin Diesel's trying to drive up next to him to get him into the car. There's the one guy, I love that they keep cutting to this other guy who everyone in the audience has keeps forgetting about because he's the most useless character. But he's back there just like, oh, I'm back here to help when you need me. Michelle Rodriguez's car crashes as she tries to help and uh uh no name person number three stays back to go make sure that she's okay she's bleeding internally clearly but they don't put her in an ambulance (laughs) no it's just like get up we gotta move she's coughing up blood i saw her cough up blood (laughs) they just like put her in the back of the car they're like you'll be fine (laughs) vin diesel finally spins out and then brian and mia you know make their way up on the truck they rescue vince on this pretty sweet jumping from you know truck to the car you can tell there's a lot of stunt up Paul Walker stunt double here and there. Oh wow, is there ever? <laughs> but they they do eventually rescue him. 
this actually, I was surprised with like kind of the gory detail in this scene because like his arm is wrapped up in what I imagine is like hard metal wire and it's like cutting into his circulation and cutting through to his boat. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm not sure he's also shot too, right in the stomach. Cause they've got him on the ground and he's bleeding a lot. I didn't see that happen in this movie, but he did. They did say he was shot with a shotgun. Yeah, I think at some point the truck driver shot through the door or whatever, but yeah, he's dying and he needs a life light or he's gonna die. So Brian right in front of Dom as they're all, it's Dom, you know, Letty and Brian surrounding Vince on the ground he takes out his phone and he calls for a life flight emergency and when he describes the guy i laughed out loud he's like he's probably 24 no fucking way no and way he's also like he's a he's a few hundred pounds like all right i didn't catch any of this because i was laughing because of this fucking the ridiculousness of this scene in general where he just like i'm a cop and then dramatic music starts playing and vin diesel is literally fuming like he's like panting and grunting and they're just like playing music and they won't end the fucking dialogue they won't just like end this scene paul walker's just going on and on and on yeah so long that that it cuts to the life flight leaving he's standing there and all the other people just kind of walk off including mia who's like uh, i'm torn but i gotta go with my brother then we cut to dom's house and he's got a shotgun. Brian, you know, is has him at gunpoint, whatever. And this is just this. It's a shouting match. You're a cop. Put the gun down. <laughs> just them screaming at each other. Point break style. I like it. There's no sort of coming to terms in this scene. Like, this is the point in a movie where a normal script writer would be like, we, uh, I bared my soul to you. Uh, you were my friend. No, they're just like yelling at each other. <laughs> You're a cop. You're a cop. <laughs> and then I love it because Jesse, that dipshit, he arrives and... <laughs> He's just talking to them like it's another day. They have shotguns and a gun pointed at each other, but he's just like, guys, they're covered <laughs> I need in blood, some help, man. I, I really made a mistake. I'm sorry. And then Johnny Tran drives by, shoots up the place, kills Jesse, and the entire time he does this, it's all in slow mo, and he's got a fucking smile on his face. I laughed so hard at how badass and ridiculous that looked. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate this part of the movie the last 20 minutes of this movie i think like it excels because it's like minimal talking and chase scenes that's all it is because they hop in their cars and go off and chase down these two guys on, on motorbikes a couple of like cool stunts but again this is the scene that i was talking about earlier where they're coming down like these hills and uh you can see off in the distance when the cars go up to go down the hills there's a little ramp set on every hill that you can see when they go up <laughs> it is pretty good yeah because brian's in his car and then dom finally decides it's time to drive his dad's car which is the only thing that scared him in his entire life it's a pretty badass car too i will say it's a fucking sweet car but the, uh to say that it scares you i think was very dumb hey no it's not dumb because you got to imagine how scary it must be if it actually scares dominic toretto Zach, come on. Dude, that dude drives fucking insane sports cars at 160 miles down crowded LA streets. He won't get in a muscle car. Hey, Throw up. dude, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah, well, and the and that car goes nine seconds in a quarter mile, or 
quarter mile in nine seconds. Did we mention, by the way, how wildly Johnny Tran is firing this gun into public? No, <laughs> like both of them are just firing their guns into public. Paul Walker ends up shooting him like in the gut or in the kidney. It's awesome, dude. That's a great stunt too. The guy takes a bullet and flies off his bike, hits underneath an underpass, and instead of doing anything to assist the guy, I and mean, the guy's dead, but instead of like calling in police or anybody, he's just like Shit, he leaves the gotta scene. chase after Dom. <laughs> What a cop. What a cop. So after leaving this dead body in the street and the other cousin, the cousin of Johnny Tran, he fell off, was incapacitated. He's not dead, but he's still alive. They finally catch up to each other. And again, with with the amount of police presence that must be on their tail, they still find time to stop at the stop sign and have a little chat. And have a little race. Yep, one last race to send him off. There's a train coming a quarter mile away. He says, at green, I'm running it. He's about to run his last quarter mile, if you know what I mean. He says that it's supposed to take 10 seconds, right? Like, I, I owe you a 10-second car. This scene, watching this scene in real time, legit actually takes almost two minutes of screen time. He said that the muscle car that he drives, his dad car, can do a quarter mile in nine seconds flat. First of all, Jesus Christ, no it cannot. Um, But, I mean, it takes forever. Literally, I timed it almost two minutes of screen time because it keeps cutting back and forth to them shifting gears and the train coming and the lights and the tires and the back and forth. And it's, I don't know how many angles they must have done of this and how many times they had these cars run this one stretch of road, but it is laughable by the end of it because you're like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be 10 seconds. That was two minutes ago. What's happening? You have to be a grease monkey to love being on set on this film like you have to really love watching cars drive to be on set of this film just the amount of times they probably had to reset and do 500 different takes of like drag racing but i also wonder you know to real car enthusiasts because a lot of this is just absolutely ridiculous do they i mean i know a lot of car people love these movies but don't some of them there's got to be some of them out there that just think these this is like offensive like (laughs) this is just absolutely ridiculous i don't know man because the thing is, like you said, they do at one point, you know, in certain points of this movie, they nail the terminology and they they do showcase like kind of cool engines and cars and sort of some of the top notch equipment that they have. But I don't know, like I, I don't know enough about cars to tell you whether or not this is accurate or this borders on like movie magic. Well, either way, yeah, this scene lasts far too long. <laughs> Uh, they don't get hit by the train. Spoiler alert. Uh, they have like another nine movies to go. So they, <laughs> they don't hit the train. Just, just make it. Yeah. They share a smile. But Dom, yeah, Dom hits a fucking truck. <laughs> <laughs> like he just straight up hits a truck. <laughs> this is insane. They just clear that, you know, death defying experience. They stare at each other, one little smile, and then bam, he hits a fucking truck. It's crazy. Another amazing crash in which Vin Diesel should have died. Uh, he doesn't. He's fine. He he, like sprained his thumb or something. Hey, he had a broken arm, I think. He doesn't use it much, but he hops out of that car. A-okay. <laughs> and they hear the cops coming and Vin Diesel is like resigned. He's like, all right, going to jail. And Paul Walker hands him the keys to his car. <laughs> I owe you a 10 second car. And Vin Diesel's like, you know what you do? <laughs> and the, uh, okay. And like, we'll just say it that like Vin Diesel drives off. Paul Walker walks into camera and that's it. That's, the end of the Fast and the Furious, the audacity to end a movie like this, like that, Brandon. I was so angry. I can't (laughs) believe it. He never, like, 
he, he never reconciles with the girl that he was dating. We don't find out what happens to Vin. We don't find out what happens to Paul Walker. Like, I, we don't know. Like, it just ends. The movie just kind of ends. They go out, they drive, they come back, they have sex. They go out, they drive, they come back, they have sex. This goes on for about an hour and a half or so until the movie just kind of ends. It ends with this police officer effectively aiding and abetting a criminal, you know, causing a number of felonies. Anticipate happening is that he would be going to jail. He also killed a suspect. (laughs) That's right, yeah. He's, I know he's a former cop in the, the second one, but then he's called up, you know, once again, you know, they call him up because they need his help because he's such a badass mofo street racer. All right. What are your thoughts, Brandon? <sighs> wow. Well, you know, I, 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 I've seen this movie a few times. It's been, I'd say, probably a good five or six years probably since I've seen it last. And it's strange to watch this movie after seeing where it goes, like where this series goes. Cause I think there's something really kind of novel and, and sweet and, and kind of strangely like simple about this first one. And I know someone who's never seen any of them going into this, like you must be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> but just to know, you know how simple this all started just a street racing gang because you mentioned not seeing a lot of racing towards the end of this movie in the other movies i think the eighth one maybe has one genuine car racing scene and the filmmakers at this point i think have even maybe even acknowledged that they are forced to put those racing scenes in there just to call it a fast and furious but but car racing is so inconsequential to the plot anymore that it really doesn't even belong in the same universe right but this first one here yeah, it's it's really like it kind of cheesily acted. The script itself is pretty poor. There's there are some well directed action sequences, and the stunt work uh, is pretty impressive. I think some of the camera work's really good. Obviously, the CGI doesn't hold up, nor does you know the villain's plot to hijack DVD players. <laughs> but uh, I don't, I think it is one of those movies that does tap into your nostalgia because it does really feel early two thousands, especially with you know the Jaw Rule on the soundtrack. It is quintessential. The dress attire because it's it's right in between the late nineties where it's borderline a period. <laughs> yeah, no, it is because everyone's you know there's midriff galore. There's uh, lipstick lesbians just for the sake of being there, which was in so many of those early two thousands movies. Everyone's sweating, and the the clothes you can tell is right on the cusp of the late nineties, where some guys are wearing baggy everything, and then other characters are wearing super tight or like tank tops. Michael Bay jerks off to this movie. This is softcore porn to Michael Bay because there's not explosions, but it's softcore. This is in his wheelhouse. I think. It would have been a little more slickly produced had it been in his hands. Probably the same exact amount of acting talent on display. But I honestly think of it kind of like kind of like one of those Michael Bay action movies. It's not as good as, you know, The Rock, but it's probably about up there with Armageddon. I'd give it like a 45 of 50. It's something like that. It's really not terribly produced except for those CGI scenes and a few acting parts. I'll say it's it's serviceable. It's fine if you want to revisit it if you haven't seen it in a while, but it's not a movie that sure. like you you don't have to start this series. <laughs> this isn't a series I think anyone really needs to see despite its massive popularity. But, I mean, if you're going to watch them, you might as well start with the first. All right. So, uh, I feel like any, like, Fast and the Furious fan who listens to our show is expecting me to go out and fucking pummel this movie. I'm going to go ahead and say that I didn't hate it. I, I really didn't. I 
you know, I finished it and I kind of just sat there and, you know, thought to myself, well, that was fine. You know, it, it really, it's not great. I don't, like I said in the beginning, uh, if we, you and I were to see this movie today and look at each other and be like, does this movie deserve eight sequels? I'd probably say absolutely not. It probably doesn't even need a second one. That being said, to answer your question from the beginning, uh, do I plan on seeing any of the other ones or do any of the new ones interest me? I'm going to go ahead and kind of throw a curveball at you and say, absolutely. I would watch another Fast and Furious movie, but only when, like you said, this series stops taking itself so seriously like yes i would definitely watch some of these intense action sequences and sort of like making fun of themselves almost or just over the top car chases and ridiculousness because i feel like that's where this movie has its strong point when this series decides to and forgive the pun go full octane and turn on the nas that's when this movie is at its most fun when it's just like action sequences fast cars you know ridiculous action action going on i can see where the draw of that movie is exciting and i would love to go into a movie turn off my brain for two hours and watch the rock and vin diesel fucking blow up cars and crash you know, tanks into buildings and shit. Like you, I don't need the melodrama in this movie. I don't need not really full-hearted love sequences or the weird racial tension in this movie. There's there's a lot that doesn't work. I would imagine that these movies kind of get better, maybe, as they get along, but I, I think if I were to just keep on watching them i might skip the next couple ones and just pick it up where the rock enters (laughs) you know what i mean absolutely absolutely so i'm gonna agree with you um i know we do this sometimes a lot but i I, i'm gonna go ahead and give this movie about a 50 because half of it i really enjoyed and half of it i just don't need in my life at all (laughs) you know (laughs) so uh yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend that someone who's not interested in cars or like anybody who doesn't have an interest already in the Fast and the Furious doesn't need to watch this. If you were a fan of the Fast and the Furious, um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know if you need to watch it because I don't know just based on the expectations of the series now how much you would enjoy the first one today. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm I'm curious if if new fans, maybe specifically younger generations who didn't experience the first one when it came out, if they just watched the later sequels or if this is one they still really care about at all or or how that all works. It, if it were me, I agree. I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this series to people who aren't huge car fans. If you are car fans, watch them all because I'm sure you'll find some stuff in there to, to entertain yourself. But for a movie fan, I say if you watch the first one, the fifth one and the seventh one, it'd be a a pretty damn good trilogy and you could end it there. You don't need to see any of the other ones. Yeah. Cause I think the fifth one really introduces the rock and kind of that, that tone and the seventh one closes it out on a, on a nice note. And I don't really think we need more. However, I am so looking forward to that Hobbs and Shaw. Cause I think it really takes the, uh, the lunacy of it all and just fucking cranks it to 11. I mean, and you know what that I, I might go see that just because like, it does look fucking just crazy insane. And I'm sure I don't have to watch any of the other fast and the furious movies to enjoy it. When people get mad at me for not having seen a lot of the fast and furious movies or not caring about the new one, I can say that I've seen the first one at least. 
<laughs> Very nice. Before we uh, get into what we're doing next week, Brandon, anything to recommend? I went to the theaters a couple times. I saw The Kid, which was a Western, not the Disney Bruce Willis one, but a new one by Vincent D'Onofrio actually directed it. It's got Ethan Hawke um, and Dane DeHaan and Chris Pratt actually is a villain. Oh, uh, dude, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's not the best Western I've seen in a real long time, but I really liked Chris Pratt as a villain. I kind of hope he does more of that. Again, it's not like a, like a very threatening type of villain. It's kind of, he's got his little funny quips and stuff here and there, but he does do kind of a badass job as a, as a, like a killer. I kind of liked it, but Ethan Hawke is one of my favorite working actors today. So I'd kind of watch yeah, him in most great. anything. So I'll say if you're a Western fan, you might want to check it out. And the only other one. I uh, saw was Climax. This is Gaspar Noe, the guy who did Love and Irreversible. He's like a weird, yeah, crazy French filmmaker. And this movie was uh, quite the experience. I can't necessarily recommend it to anybody, but I will say it was... Uh, damn, man. It makes you feel sick to your stomach. It's basically just about like a dance troupe who gets uh, their punch spiked with acid or lsd and it's like a basically a hallucination into descent into madness as they lose their goddamn minds but really well shot but again i honestly can't if you watch the trailer and you think hey maybe i'll be into that (laughs) give it a watch but it's it's such a strange movie i can't blanket a recommend to anyone so yeah that's me man what about you uh well so i i have to admit i really didn't watch anything new this week because it's march and college basketball takes up a lot of my free time in March. Um, ah, that's right. That's so right. I recommend college basketball. But I uh, I will give two recommends on some old stuff that I did kind of like watch while I was falling asleep this week. Uh, I rewatched the John Adams miniseries on HBO starring a show favorite, Paul Giamatti. Giamatti! It is uh, a very, you know, I'm a big history guy, so I love, love, love that series. It's a interesting look, less about the Revolutionary War and more into sort of colonial politics and the way that people were living back during the American uh, Revolution, not Civil War. Um, and Paul Giamatti was fantastic, won an Emmy for his performance. Uh, Laura Linney is also just absolutely amazing as Abigail Adams, and it tells the story of a founding father who doesn't really get enough credit in history so watch that um i also am going to recommend something that is probably my favorite thing on the internet not a lot of people know about it and it's definitely not for everybody but if you haven't seen on cinema at the cinema (laughs) brandon yes i have this is uh tim and eric's thing right their review show it's not it's not eric it's uh tim and greg tim heidecker and greg Greg Turkington, who's also Neil Hamburger. They recently did their Oscar special, and I'll admit that I had the Oscars on mute and was watching the Oscar special <laughs> instead. <laughs> um, and it kind of forced me to rewatch all 10 seasons of that show and all the Oscar specials and a fucking four hour murder trial that they do it like i can't recommend that enough it's the funniest thing i'm trying to go see their live show in april in chicago oh wow yeah i like it's it's easily my favorite thing on the internet um it's not for everybody if you like tim and eric you'll love it um Watch it from season one because it's fucking just hysterical. It's basically like a kind of a parody of Ebert and Siskel and Ebert, but also their brand of humor, right? It initially is like a Siskel and Ebert thing, um, but it just spirals into so much and it's 
it started like this community of people who interact like they'll play their characters on Twitter and it's just it's a whole universe at this point and Greg Turkington mentioned that they have a feature film uh in that cinema coming out relatively soon so it's just it's unfucking believable what they've done with that show and if you're a comedy fan, I can't recommend it enough. Well, damn. All right. Well, good. All right, Brandon. So what are we doing next week? Tell the people what we're doing. Well, we had uh, quite the little respite there from long, really long movies. Uh, this one clocked in, I think, at hour 45 or something like that. It wasn't too bad. Ants, of course, was like eight, a cool 80 minutes. <laughs> Thank you for that one, Zach. Yeah. But unfortunately, we're going back to epic territory. It's a two hour and 32 minute long film. But, you know, this is one that people are going to love this. <sighs> I got to say, we, we, we had mentioned doing this a long time ago, and it's one that really defined our generation. We might as well do it. And I know I haven't seen this one in a good long time, but I Me liked neither. it when it came out. Saw it several times in theaters. I do remember that. And uh, I liked it when it came out. Uh, have seen it not in a I haven't seen it in a long time, but since seeing it, my opinions kind of soured on it. So I'm interested to see how it is now. Brandon. Well, you can tune in next week to find out and hear our review of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone from the year of our Lord 2001. That's right. We are finally tackling. Uh, I, you know what? That's going to be an interesting episode because I feel like there's so much more to tackle than just a, a single movie in 2001. <laughs> the culture that comes out of that movie. I cannot wait to lose half our listeners. <laughs> hey, come on now. Don't dip your A in, my friend. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. It'll be interesting. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I, You know what? I'm excited. I can't wait. It'll reunite us with Home Alone 2 director Chris Columbus. Oh, God. That's right. He found America. <laughs> okay. And our hearts. Oh, well, if you uh, have any other films that you'd like us to review, you can request them in an email at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and Twitter, so you can shoot us a message there. And uh, don't forget, as always, you can listen to this episode, every episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, by checking us out at nbd.podbean.com. Podbean, of course, being our originally hosted site. And you can also check us out on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And uh, a bunch of other podcasting applications, whatever your preference may be. Be sure to write us a review if you could. That would really help out the show. You can do it on iTunes and uh, tell a friend. That's what we always say. Please yeah. do. Helps grow Please. our audience. And um, we like more friends. We need more friends. I have no friends. I, he, yeah, I don't think I have any friends either. You're kind of like an acquaintance. So. Yeah, I, well, don't push it. <laughs> you know, more like a professional relationship we have. And that is exclusive and that's it. I'm not gay. No, dude. Like I, I like watching chicks in the corner make out. That's you know, and foot and and football and yes, cars, of dude. Course. That's what I like. Football, cars, nas, dude, nas, boobies, boobies, indeed. Just remember, if loyalties must be broken, if the lines must be crossed, do it fast, do it furious. I'm, we're never doing this podcast, man. 